0: It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us.
1: So I think you better sit down, grab a pencil, grab a piece of paper, and get ready to have your mind blown. My guest today is Meathead Goldwyn, and I love what he gives as his bio. I am a barbecue whisperer and hedonism evangelist. And he's also also a prolific author and a wealth of information. And he's joining me on Amy's table today. Hey, Meathead, I'm so glad you're here.
0: Oh, it's always great talking to you, Amy. You just know your stuff and... Uh... It's just fun to talk to somebody who really loves food like I do.
1: Well I'll tell you what, I love food, but I learn an awful lot from you every time you're on. And I just I have shared your information and more times I think you would just blush to know how often I bring up your your tips and ideas after we talk. In fact one of the ones is I'm always bursting people's bubbles about beer can chicken.
0: Oh, that is one of the great myths of all time. Uh uh, it, it does make good chicken. There's nothing wrong with roast chicken, but the beer has nothing to do with it. Um, you don't want me getting started on that.
1: Do you? <laughs> no, we've already burst that bubble, and we don't want to make people cry again this morning. And as you say, yeah. they can keep doing it. But I loved your punchline on that. Is basically beer can chicken is chicken or a beer wearing a chicken koozie. <laughs> yeah.
0: You just wrap that beer can in cold chicken, and there's no way it's going to boil. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but you know, talking about boiling, you say one of the biggest mistakes people make is they cook too hot.
0: Absolutely. Um, it, 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 it's it's I think you know we go out there and it, you know guys are still the the grillers mostly, and uh, we got to do everything hot, fast, speedy, macho, and when you turn up the heat whether it's indoors or outdoors, you shrink the proteins. And when you shrink proteins, and that means connective tissues, which surround muscle fibers, they squeeze out the juices. Cooking hot is a recipe for cooking dry. Um, Turn down the heat, cook it medium to low, gently warm the food. You're going to have moisture food.
1: So how do you go about, so I, I adhere to that totally, and I'm hoping you're not going to say I'm doing things totally wrong, but if I'm out on the grill, let's say I'm doing a steak. We, we do flank steak a lot because we love to oh, slice it up for, you know. I love
0: flank steak. Yeah. too so much flavor. Yeah. Absolutely one of my favorite pieces of meat.
1: So I go out there with a blazing hot grill, mm-hmm. and I sear it, and then I flip it and sear the other side after a few minutes, and then I do drop the heat and I close the the grill lid and kind of just let it go. Mm -hmm. Am I doing that in the right order, the wrong order? I mean, how does searing come into we're cooking too hot?
0: Let's talk specifically about steaks. Okay. And this applies to a lot of other meats, but we're going to focus on steak. The temperature at which you cook depends entirely upon how thick the meat is. Now think about this. Meat is 70% water, the rest is protein and fat and some minerals, and uh, around 10% fat. And uh, uh, if it's very thick, it takes the heat a long time to work its way to the center. Hot air cooks the outside of the meat, but hot air cannot penetrate the meat. It heats up the outside of the meat, and the outside of the meat heats up the inside of the meat. And it progresses slowly because water is a good insulator. So it doesn't heat up very quickly. Now, if you've got a really thick piece of meat, like an inch-and-a-half or two-inch ribeye, it takes a long time for the heat to get down to the center. If you've got a one-inch thick steak, it doesn't take long at all for it to get down to the center. Now, if you're doing like a skirt steak and you want a good dark brown crust, and you want it pink in the center, or even ruby in the center, you've got to cook it hot and fast to get the outside dark. You have no choice. You want dark on the outside, because that's a chemical reaction called the Maillard reaction, and it makes wonderful flavors. You want a dark sear and a crust. Searing doesn't have anything to do with sealing and juices, but it has everything to do with flavor. Now, if you've got a big, thick steak, you want to warm it gently, slowly, so the interior heats up at about the same rate as all the other layers. And then at the end of the cook, you want to put it over direct radiant heat. So what you do is you divide your grill in two halves. One half is direct radiant heat where you're right above the flame, and the other half there's no flame below it. And you start a big, thick piece of meat over the indirect side, no flame underneath, so it gently warms by convection airflow, and then you move it over to the hot side at the end of the cook, not the beginning, that's backwards. Um, And when you do that, you pound the surface with energy, and there's no time for it to move into the center. You don't overcook the steak. Everybody has seen a steak that is brown on the outside and then just below the surface it's, it's tan, and below that, it's slightly pink, and then it's pink, and then it's rosy in the center. And that rainbow effect comes from searing at the beginning, because now you're loading up the surface with energy, and it's working its way slowly down into the center, and you get that rainbow effect. But if you start it indirect, gently warming it, you'll get even color top to bottom. And that's, I know it sounds backwards, but it's simple physics.
1: I am sitting here. You can't see me, but I am sitting here with my mouth actually a little agape. I, you know what? I totally understand this, and I will be. I will do it right tonight. Well, here's <laughs>
0: here's the rub. You notice I didn't mention flank steak. Flank steak is in that never never land in the middle. Flank steak can run about an inch thick to an inch and a half thick, and often it's a little thicker on one end. Yeah. And i got to tell you, I treat it a little bit like a a thin steak. I will cook flank steak hot and fast most of the time. I want a good dark crust, and I'm a medium-rare guy. I don't want it overcooked. There's good science that proves that medium-rare, which is about 130 degrees, is the most tender and most juicy of any kind of cut of meat. So I like it 130 degrees. And by the way, folks out there who are poking their steaks, poking their hand, poking their nose in kind of a <laughs> comparison, you're not. You can't do that. You're not good enough. If you work at Morton Steakhouse and you cook hundred steaks a night, two hundred steaks a night, maybe you can. If you're a weekend warrior like me, the best investment you can make in cooking is a thirty-dollar instant-read digital thermometer, not a dial thermometer, digital. Right. It'll give you a precision temperature reading in five seconds or less, and nothing will improve your cooking than knowing exactly what the interior temperature of your food is. You'll get a perfect steak every time.
1: And can I add to that? Nothing will improve the harmony at your dinner table. If somebody doesn't want rare or somebody really Mm -hmm. wants medium rare, they're none too happy if you come in well done or, you know, undercooked. It's like, Cook it right.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you've got a uh, and there's always, oh Aunt Martha wants hers well done. Yeah. Um, Uncle Harry wants his still wiggling and squirming. Um, you know, so y- y- the only way you can do it, and there, there's no point in standing there and cutting into it, because inside that meat, it is an oxygen-free environment. And as soon as the oxygen hits that meat, it starts changing color. It gets brighter red. So when you cut into it and look at it, you can be deceived, especially if you're cooking at night when you've got artificial light. Right. You know, you're holding a flashlight in your mouth or you've got the, <laughs> the, the, the spotlight on the side of the house, a digital thermometer. And now you can cook Aunt Martha and Uncle Harry and everybody else precisely the way they want it. And goodness gracious, with the price of steak, it's embarrassing to stand there at the head of the table and say, well, it kind of got away from me. I'm sorry it's all overdone. Yeah. You don't want that. You Man, don't there, want there's that. A, there's another There's another very important reason why a thermometer is crucial.
1: You know, Safety. One, of, one of the things, oh, of course, for sure, especially with a hamburger or something, which people wonder how to do that, go in from the side, not from the top.
0: Right, <clears> and also poultry. Yes. Um, a, a couple of years ago, Consumer Reports went out and bought 300 chicken breasts all across the country. And 90% had pathogenic bacteria. Cook it to the safe temperature, 160 to 165. Don't have to worry about a thing. All the bugs die. Yeah. But if you serve mother on Mother's Day...
1: Yeah, don't do that. Keep our mothers healthy. (laughs)
0: Don't want to spend Mother's Day in the emergency room.
1: No, agreed, agreed. Well, you know, I was thinking to myself, and this might have to be another time that you visit, um, we don't often talk about how to select the best cut of meat or something like that. I don't know if you spend much time with that, but that would be an interesting thing to talk to you about sometime. Yeah, well, all
0: right. Um, You know, each animal is different, and... um, There are many different muscles on the animal. I mean, we know, for example, the obvious case is chicken and turkey. You've got white meat and dark meat. And white meat has a different texture and a different moisture level than dark meat. And you have similar situations on a steer. Um, Filet mignon um, is absolutely the most tender cut on the animal, but it's not necessarily the most flavorful. So there is something of an art to choosing the cut you want. And filet mignon is also one of the most expensive cuts. So I write about uh, these different cuts on AmazingRibs.com, our website. And I've got a bit of a guide there for folks who want to learn more.
1: I will make sure to put a link on Facebook for that because, I mean, you really are. You're such a wealth of information. You've got to find more about Meathead, about his books, about his recipes, how to choose meat, how to choose uh, uh, what you're using to cook on and accessories. You can find it all at AmazingRibs.com. And Meathead Goldwyn, you are truly, I'm just going to say it, one of my favorite guests ever. And I can't wait to talk to you again. And thank you. I've learned something again from you
0: uh, yeah. it's always great talking to you 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 know so much about food and you ask such great questions it's always fun
1: well thank you Meathead and I hope to talk to you again soon again find more at AmazingRibs.com thanks Meathead
0: thank you thanks for listening to Amy's Table a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102 for more visit Amy's blog with Q102 online at WKRQ.com